Hi, and welcome to Pasha. My name is Nundobe Gomchali. Thanks for joining us. Technology has changed how we live, socialize, move, learn, and interact. Children and adolescents are not left out. A recent UNICEF report says globally, one in every three people that use the internet is a child. Naturally, with digital technologies taking hold, there are risks to children. Unpacking this for us is Roshana Desai, a postdoc fellow at the Center of Excellence in Human Development at the University of the Witwatersrand in South Africa. My research focus is really on adolescent health and mainly looking at the impact of the digital world on an adolescent's health and mental well-being. And can you give us some context on how South African kids use digital technologies? Well, like many children in many parts of the world, the COVID-19 pandemic has profoundly affected the lives of children in South Africa, with many moving online for many of their daily activities and simply spending more time online. And so a recent report of multi-country surveys that were conducted across 11 countries, including South Africa, among adolescents aged 9 to 17 years, found that Adolescents actually make up 70% of users in the three provinces that were surveyed. And of course, this rate is on the rise due to the COVID-19 pandemic. We're seeing now that adolescents are becoming hyper-connected and are using digital technologies as a platform for learning, connection, socialization on a global scale. And this even has the potential to reduce inequalities and barriers to education and services. We found that in South Africa, children generally access the internet at home much more frequently than at school and most commonly using a smartphone. And interestingly, cell phone plans in South Africa also drive the content that children engage in with online so they provide free or cheaper access to social media platforms and this results in social media being the much more prevalent online activity. People are accessing things like TikTok, Instagram, WhatsApp, Facebook which are the more obvious ones but they're also starting to play games like Minecraft and connecting with children that are international or that they wouldn't have in their communities. What are the major threats to children using digital technologies? Please note that the next clip has background noise in some parts. So in the digital world, the same report that I, I spoke about earlier showed that out of the 11 countries, South African adolescents had the highest rate of exposure to sexual content, which was about 50% and 34% of adolescents had also reported exposure to violent content and hate speech. So what I also want to highlight is that adolescence is a developmental period where children are displaying more and more autonomy, but at the same time, it's also a period in your life where you're also vulnerable to risk, whether it's online or offline. And so what these studies actually measure is children's exposure to risky content. But what's important to note that not all exposure to risks lead to harms, but rather risk is actually the probability to harm and harms include a range of negative consequences to a child's emotional, physical and mental well-being. So for example, if you are participating in a Facebook group, 
This could put a child, of course, at risk to sexual grooming, but it won't necessarily lead to harms if a child is able to prevent, foresee, and manage these attempted harassments. You know, participation in a public Facebook Facebook group could also result in positive outcomes like meeting new friends and online support. So really the degree of harm depends on, of course, the nature and the severity of the online risk, but most importantly, it's the nature and the quality of the child's relationships in the offline world that is a key protective factor. So Roshana, you worked on digital technologies and children's mental health struggles. What are some of the key findings? Well, the link between mental health and the digital world is is a complex one. So there's not enough research to show that the relationship between the use of digital technology and poor mental health outcomes. And so it's quite difficult to say whether digital technology is the cause or the consequence of poor mental health. But what we do know is that our online and offline worlds are becoming more and more interconnected. And the research is showing that what happens online is actually a reflection of what's going on offline. So for example, a child who has mental health difficulties offline may be seeking negative content online, or a child who uses the internet excessively and experiences poor mental health may be using technology as a way for coping with some of these pre-existing issues. Um, But the internet can also have a positive effect on mental health and well-being. So children who receive mental health support online, um, who can talk about their problems uh, with friends, also have shown that they've got reduced depression levels. And I think what really matters for children's mental health is less the time spent using the internet and social media and more how children use their time online and what is actually the consequences of that use. Nojana, how do we keep uh, children safe online? So the United Nations Committee on the Rights of the Child has published a set of global recommendations on the rights of children in relation to the digital environment. And they emphasize that the rights of children should also apply online as they do offline. So this includes things like rights to privacy, non-discrimination, protection, education, play, and so on. But much of the initial focus of the legislation and policy in South Africa has been focused on protecting children from exposure to online risks and harms, but often at the expense of participation and privacy. So what is needed is that we need programs to empower parents and caregivers to support them in fostering healthy, resilient and positive online behaviors in their children. School policies should also aim to balance the protection of children with their rights to privacy and to use technology, but in a way that it is appropriate for their age and their evolving capacities. And of course, tech companies and governments need to do more to protect children online. But also, these controls only get you so far. One of the major, major protective factors are the relationships in a child's life. 
It's about the quality of relationships that you have online. And it's the quality of relationships that you have offline, whether it's with your parents, your teachers and your peers, because this is what gives you a place to go to when you end up experiencing any harmful threats both online and offline. Parents often think that banning social media and the internet will keep their children safe, but that's not the case because you run into the risk of excluding your child from the benefits that the digital world has to offer. So removing all risk from their lives also doesn't build resilience and help a child develop citizenship skills. So most importantly, it's parent-child communication. Parent-child communication is key and, and research has shown that parent communication and interaction has a huge role to play in adolescent safety, health and mental health outcomes in general. And this is no different for the online world. Not all exposure is risky and not all exposure is damaging. Um, so, but what, what, what can parents do in terms of must they monitor what their children do? What would be the most appropriate way for them to, as much as they need to ensure that children are learning and, you know, taking advantage of those connections that you mentioned that, you know, children can now connect with children, you know, elsewhere in the world. But what role can parents play in, some, in terms of effectively monitoring their children's use of, of the internet? So I think it's really finding the right balance between empowerment and protection. Um, Banning all internet is not good, but it's because the internet is here to stay. And so we want to encourage parents to engage with their children on in the digital world. So some tips that I could give to parents is that maybe you could also download the apps that your child frequently uses and start to become digital literate so that you know why your child actually enjoys it and also ask your child to teach you how to use technology. And this also is a great communication and interaction um, uh, activity because children often like to also teach their parents and it's also quite empowering for them. Um, another tip is that um, you know, you can friend your 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 child, but obviously with boundaries. Um, you don't need to be posting and monitoring their activities, but um, do it in a way where they still have their own space to express themselves. Um, most importantly, also talk about the the your child talk with your child on the experiences online so ask them open-ended questions like um, was there anything that bothered you online um, what's been going on and keep those op those questions open because you want to also kind of um, get to know what's going on without over supervising and then having your child then completely isolate you from what's going on in the online world. Children need access to information, education and training to support the development of their own digital skills. They must feel confident to seek help when needed and know that it will be provided. We hope that these tips will be useful when engaging with how children use the internet. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Pasha produced by Ozeyar Patel. From me, Nando Begum Jali, it's bye for now.